What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Behind the Glass Sports Podcast. Thank you guys for tuning in. Happy Monday. Kind of a impromptu stream. We've been off for a while, especially from streaming, but we're back. You know, we didn't stream at all, you know, our normal time. We usually stream on Saturdays. There's a big thing that happened this weekend, something I was very proud of, really happy. Yeah, really, really? Well, I was really happy to be a part of it. You know, something you don't do every weekend. At least I don't do every weekend. I don't know about you. But this weekend, for the first time, I cleaned my bathroom in like forever. It needed to happen showers needed to get clean the grout the soap scum was just accumulating so heavily you know you got to clean your toilets at least you know once every couple weeks um so yeah and then i mean outside of that i had some crumble i mean you had a wedding so yeah i went to that uh but yeah i mean the outside of that my me my bathroom needed clean no you got married this week and last weekend congratulations you're a new man. Um, how do you feel? Do you feel lighter, smarter, more stressed, less stressed? I know your cooking okay. duties have increased. <laughs> Definitely less stressed. Uh, but yeah, it, it was good. It went, it went as perfect as as it could have, which was awesome. I did great. I know. I mean, I I did as well. Yeah, everyone as everyone came up to me. You know, after your guys, after the speech, everyone was dancing. Everyone came up to me and and Aaron. They're like, um, "Yeah, Stephen's speech was terrible. <laughs> they yeah. hated you." Oh yeah, or or were they like, <laughs> "Is he for hire?" Because we could use him as like a a faux best friend. You know, I'm like, you know, I should start a new career. Honestly, I figured that Are I could now. That movie? I have, yeah, that's, that's yeah, what I'm yeah. saying. I could be that guy. Like, my speech was great. I could be the fake best friend and just deliver an amazing speech for you. That's what I can do. Um, no, it was a fun time. My feet were killing me. The shoes you gave us were awesome. Um, it was a great wedding, great thing to be a part of. I was really happy, honestly, that the sun wasn't killing us. Because I thought the day yeah. before, I was like, man, we're going to be screwed. Um, but really, it was me and Brad that lucked out, your brother, because we were in the shady part. And Mitchell and Calvin, they still had sun on them. So they were dying and sweating. Whereas me and Brad, we were like, oh, man, this is cool weather. Nice. I, I had no sun on me because the uh, officiant was covering the sun for oh, me. Oh, yeah. He was sweating bullets. I was watching those <laughs> beads drip down his and then, freaking head. Yeah, and then Aaron, hurt. the sun was hitting Aaron. Um, and then like the efficient would move once in a while and block the sun for her, but I was covered. So I was good. Um, I didn't realize uh, the sun was that bright because it, around, I would say what, two, two or three is actually started hailing over there. Yes. Um, well, it was night and day when I was day. driving in, it was like a monsoon and I was like, Oh boy, <laughs> this, this might not go well. And then as soon as like 10 minutes after I got to the venue, it was like sunshine, the birds were flying, and I was like, yeah. oh, well, alrighty. But then it was yeah, humid. It was perfect. So, but yeah, it was perfect. Everything went well. Great wedding. Um, me and Calvin didn't get to finish our game seven in pool. That will be one of those what if moments, you know? <laughs> 30 for 30s will be you know written it on that. It saved you from blowing another uh, a 2 0 lead. Would have definitely won. It saved you from won. blowing a 2 0 lead. I would have won. You were going to be the Utah Jazz. Nope, I would have won that. Um, no, you would not have. There would have been a 30 for 30. What if I told you Steven had the greatest comeback while fighting injured? My feet were hurt. And, you know, they panned me. I'm like, I could barely stand. But somehow I gritted it out to just boom. 
shot after shot, billiard after billiard. That's just what I am. Billiard speech pro is just what it is. All right, we should probably talk about some some sports today. Um, There's been a lot that's happened since we've last done this. Uh, Well, I mean, I guess we did it last weekend, so not really terribly a lot. But there's been some changes. Obviously, we're now to the conference finals of the situation, as you can see by the playoffs. Is this NBA playoffs a fluke? You can see (laughs) kind of how we feel about this playoffs. But we do have the conference finals set. Um, Obviously, game one of the Western Conference Finals was played on Sunday, Saturday, Sunday, one of the two. Um, And then the Eastern Conference Finals was, you know, now set up, but the the game for the semis was decided last night um, with Atlanta defeating Philly. So, would you like to give our thoughts on that first or go into why we both think this is a fluke? Uh, we can we can go into why we both think it's a fluke. Um, well, I think both of our reasons are the same, but if you'd like to go first. Yeah, I, well, first, I, I, I want to say that all four teams remaining are really good. They they are really... Trey Young, has, he's a superstar. Uh, Milwaukee is a really, really good team. Um, and as far as the West goes, the Clippers... They're, they've been playing really well, even without Kawhi. Uh, and, and, and the Phoenix, they're a really good team. They are. But I don't think anyone had these four teams in the final. I don't think either of us had any of these four teams. Well, I did. I had Milwaukee. But other than Milwaukee, the, the other three teams are kind of a, a, a surprise. Or they are a surprise. I mean, no one really thought that the Clippers could I mean like some people thought the Clippers could get there but it was like after the Dallas series it was like eh, I don't know right because they go down 0-2 they struggled against Dallas um, even then Kawhi gets hurt and doesn't play the last couple games against Utah so it didn't it didn't feel like oh you know the Clippers will get there right it was like oh I don't know we'll, we'll see so it's just it's all about who's healthy it really is. It is at the end of the day. It was go each series by go series by series. Whoever had the least amount of injuries won that series. I mean, go going from other than Denver and Portland, that was the only one. I, I would say that the healthier team lost. Um, but other than that, I think the healthier team won every series. Now there was a couple series that. There weren't injuries between the two teams. Uh, Dallas and, and the Clippers, I think, were one. Uh, let's see. Utah and Memphis were, were pretty much one. Um, and then in the East... Well, Mike Conley see. didn't play in that Utah. or Yeah, the Utah-Memphis one. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, at the end of the day, it didn't really matter. So, yeah. And, and, then, and then East, I mean, some of the first-round matchups were bleh. But it, it's just... I don't want to say, like, injuries happen. Injuries happen every year. But this year specifically, every team had an injury. Or at least there was one team in every series that had a massive injury that actually did impact the series. It wasn't a role player that was out. It wasn't, like, you know, your fifth best player out. It was LeBron James and AD. It was Jamal Murray, Will Barton. It was um, Kawhi Leonard, uh, 
you know, James Chris Harden, Paul's Kyrie. Got, Chris Paul got hurt in in the first couple of games. That looked or in the first game that looked like it was gonna turn everything around, right? But then AD got hurt. Um, yeah, uh, Kyrie, James Harden. It it just the injuries killed teams completely. Whereas in previous seasons, it was like, I like. Like, for example, two years ago when Portland played Denver in the second round, Portland didn't have Nurkic, right? But it wasn't like Nurkic was at the time their second best play, like so important. You know, because they got to conference finals without Nurkic. They still had guys step up. They they had other guys behind him that stepped up. Um, and but But, like, this year it was just... The second best player, if not the best player, was injured in at least every series. And how can you say that without those, or if those guys played, that we would have gotten the same result? Because we wouldn't have. Um, If everyone was healthy, if the injuries were turned off, uh, then I think it would have been, I still think it would have been the Clippers. They showed me something that the rest of the role players showed me something. So I think it still would have been the Clippers no matter what. I get Conley was out, but Kawhi was out the last two games. And I think that's a bigger deal than Conley being out. Uh, So I think it would have been the Clippers. I think it would have been either the Nuggets or the Lakers, but they would have played in the second round. And then in the East, honestly, I think Brooklyn would have won. Um, I think Atlanta would have beat New York still. Philly, I think I think Atlanta was, would have still beat Philly, to be honest. Um, so I think it would have been Brooklyn and Atlanta. So I, I think I would say there's one or two teams on each side that I guess would have been the same mm-hmm. because those two sides weren't impacted by injuries the same way. It was really the Brooklyn Nets and Lakers Nuggets. Those were the three teams that were just killed by injuries and now going on to the conference finals it will matter again because Kawhi Leonard Kawhi is out so that's going I mean that's their best player it's not like their second best player it is their best player and look Paul George has played really well he's played great he's been awesome but there is no way they can beat the Phoenix Suns without Kawhi Leonard that that's not happening if no. Kawhi was playing, I think I look. They lost by six in game one. If Kawhi played that game, the Clippers would have won. They'd be up one zero right now. Yeah, I think you can make a strong argument for that. Yeah, it's look. I hate saying that this is there's going to be an asterisk on whoever wins the finals, but there has to be. There has more, way more so than the bubble because the bubble didn't have injuries. Yes, it was the the same environment, but everyone was playing in that same environment. It was overall an even playing field because everyone was there. Now, if 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 you know, look, Chris Paul is out for for the Suns. I get it, but that's not the same as Kawhi being out. That if Booker was out for Phoenix, that would have been the same mm. because Booker's been the best player for their team. They haven't needed Chris Paul at all in the playoffs so far. They haven't. They yeah. got they got to where they are at without Chris Paul. Now, Chris Paul was great in the Denver series. 
but they would have beat Denver without Chris Paul too. Mm-hmm. Didn't I matter. I, I agree, and, and you know everything you said. I, I just think if we're gonna put an asterisk, and and I'm one of those people who who put an asterisk, and I said it going into the bubble playoffs. You know, this to me feels like an asterisk season. Whoever wins, there will be an asterisk because I don't think it's as hard as playing an 82 game schedule, going through the grind of that season, having to travel, be in full venues with the fans, and all of that. It does. It's not that. But at, but the at same least time, everyone was on the playing field. Right. It's on the, in, playing field. For the most part, an even playing field. And you can make the argument too, well, at that point, it's it's really all about just basketball and the best teams should just win, right? Because there's no fans influencing it really. You know, there's nothing like that. It's just you're still playing basketball at the end of the day. Um, this season, I don't know how we can look at the bubble and say, oh, well, that was a fluke. And there's an asterisk there because it was the bubble and all these factors. But then we look at a condensed season to where there was a shorter offseason, especially for the four teams that made the conference finals last year and the teams that were in the finals last year. And and on top of that, you know, we are going into the playoffs. Some, some teams don't have full venues and don't have full fans there. But you're seeing that each team has been, for the most part, obliterated by injuries. Okay, like, if, if all teams were healthy or mostly healthy, I still think it would have been a Lakers-Brooklyn finals. I think we would have seen that. I don't think there's any way Milwaukee would have gotten past the healthy Brooklyn. No. Because it went seven, and that was with KD sparingly playing with a limited James Harden and then Kyrie for a couple of games. I mean, if James had, Harden was awful. Right. And they almost still won. Um, really, they probably should have won, but Kevin Durant played 48 minutes, like three games in a row. He stepped, he stepped on the line. Did you see that? He stepped on the line. Well, that, but I mean, he was exhausted at the well, end yeah, of the game. But that, I, mean, that, I mean, that series is over if he... If he hits that. It came down to one shot. If he hits it, they win. So, or if he's behind the three-point line, but then if he hits the shot in overtime, they mm-hmm. win. Right. So that's how close the margin of you know was for for right. Milwaukee. If Brooklyn's healthy, I don't think they beat them. If the Lakers are healthy, I don't think teams get past a healthy AD and LeBron. Um, and that's just what it is. You know, you could say, well, it's a war of attrition, and, and the teams that survive the injuries, they're the best team. Well, okay, but again, we went over it a couple podcasts ago, or last podcast. The like, for example, the Phoenix Suns or, or I think the Portland Trailblazers had a full month and a half more rest than the Denver Nuggets. Mm-hmm. So how is that? How is that even fair? You know, to an extent, you're asking these guys that were just in seven game series and playoff mode to pick it right back up, condensed travel, more games within the week, and all these injuries. That in my mind, it's a fluke. Now, if you're a Milwaukee fan, if you're a Atlanta fan. If you're a Clipper fan or a Phoenix fan and your team wins the championship, does that mean you should feel bad about it? No. You should be happy about any sort of championship. But at the end of the day, I think we can all look at it and say if all these teams were healthy, I don't know if anybody gets past Denver. Now, I still well, do think it would probably have been a, a, probably the Lakers, but does anyone get past the Lakers or the Nuggets? I don't think so. Does anyone get past Brooklyn out of the East? I don't think so. And it's a completely different thing. It's... If we're going to call the bubble a fluke, we have to call the condensed season afterwards with also different factors and limitations also a fluke. Right. Well, and here's the thing. If you don't like it, if you if you don't like that we're putting – if we're calling it a fluke, win it next year. Right. 
They they whoever get whoever wins it or in general whoever gets to the finals, if they bring back the same team, especially if Phoenix gets to the finals, you better get to the Western Conference Finals next year. You better. Because if you don't, then the if you do win. Well, that's more fuel to the fire, right? That, oh, well, that was just a, a Because here's the year. thing. You know, a lot of people called the Nuggets kind of a fluke in the bubble, right? Oh, they got to the conference finals. They came back from 3-1 twice, down 3-1 twice. It was a bit of fluky. It was, a, it was fluky because they were in the bubble and no home court. Well, Denver got to the third seed without Jamal Murray and, or, and having Jamal Murray in the last two months. Nikola Jokic won MVP. And not only that, but they beat a healthy Portland team and got to the second round of the playoffs. Mm-hmm. So without three of their top eight players, mm-hmm. by the way, playing a, two, a two-way player, a guy who just was on the couch watching games. 30-year-old I mean, rookie. And a 30-year-old rookie. Like, come on. And, and they still got there. So... If you want to prove it, then you better prove it too next year. You well, have to. The thing is too, like if if people want to point, well, Denver's season in the bubble is fluky. Okay, but I would also push back on that. Well, if it was a normal year, would they have gone down three one twice? No. No. I don't believe so. No. Um, so I mean, listen. At the end of the day, if you're if you're a fan of a team that is in the the final four, you're happy for your team, and you should be. You know, if yep. the Nuggets were in this, we would be happy. But at the same time, too, if the Nuggets were in and people were like, ah, oh, this is kind of fluky, I'd be like, yeah, yeah, you're right. But this is how these teams, right, the remaining teams win. There's no LeBron. There's no KD. There's no juggernaut Warriors. This is how these teams win. And the Nuggets are in that group until proven otherwise. Yeah. Well, I'll say this. I think – I don't think – how do I say it? The, the teams that are now in the Western Conference Finals, I think Milwaukee is good enough to be in the Conference Finals, right? But they weren't... But but it, it's, it's fluky that they beat the Nets because of the injuries. Yes. <laughs> yeah. The Hawks, I don't... No one <laughs> picked to be in the Conference Finals, no. but... But... I would say they. I do think that they are a better team than the Knicks and the 76ers. I do. Because of the, they're better than the Knicks, and, and I, I probably don't have to explain that. But the 76ers, they are better because Ben Simmons not only can't shoot, but is too afraid to shoot. Mm-hmm. And that killed them. That's the reason why Philly lost, not because of injuries. It's because Ben Simmons was awful. Right, and we, we can't make the excuse of, oh, Joel Embiid was... Listen, he well, played he, the entire he, series. He put up his numbers. Yeah. So you, you, there's no excuse for that. Embiid did his job. Right. They were... They were, they were Philly was... But here, here's the thing. That side of the bracket, they were all healthy. All four teams were healthy. I mean, they did they did lose Danny Green, to be fair. Um, and then True. for the but Hawks, I mean, they did lose yeah. Hunter. So, so I, it's a wash. Right? I mean, they're two yes. role players, two starting role players. So, and honestly, I could argue that Hunter is a better player. So, 
uh, so the better team won that series, and and the better the best team out of those four on that side of the bracket got to the conference finals. That's how the bracket shaked out. Now on the other side, obviously the Nets would have won if they were healthy. Well, now we look at the West. The Clippers, out of the four teams on that side, I think the Clippers were the best team. I think so. I, I I really do think so. I I think Utah was really close. And Donovan Mitchell wasn't fully healthy, but but he played. And if Utah was the better team, they would have won that series against the Clippers. They would have because Kawhi didn't play the last two games. Utah should have won that series. But I think the Clippers showed that they were the best. They were the best team out of those four teams on that side. So yeah. I I would I, I I do think that the two the only two fluky teams out of the final four right now are the Milwaukee Bucks and the Phoenix Suns. Now, here's the thing, though, right? Is that the Clippers nor the Hawks would beat the Nets, the Lakers, or the Nuggets. So whoever does win the actual finals, that will be an overall fluke, right? Of, of no matter which of the four teams wins the finals. But as far as getting to the conference finals, the Hawks are not and, and the Clippers are not because they were the best teams out of those four teams on their side. But they each would have lost to the teams that were probably supposed to be in the conference finals. Hmm. Yeah. So that's, that's, that's where I'm at. And look, Phoenix is a really good team. They, and, and Milwaukee is a really good – I picked Milwaukee originally to make it to the conference finals. Mm-hmm. Uh, by the way, you owe me crumble on that. Um, just, I don't want to talk about it. And, and, and Phoenix and Phoenix is a really good team. And and Devin Devin Booker ha- is getting really close to that superstar level. Um, Stephen A. called him the next Kobe Bryant today. I was like, whoa. I, yeah, that's that's a little. Makes <laughs> it his first playoff run, and we're going and there. The, Phoenix will be back. Like they will. I I do oh, sure. think. Yeah. They that they will prove that they do they will they will prove later on within the next three years that they deserve to to be there. But I just think right now they were just too. There's no way their youth would have beat the Nuggets or the Lakers. Yeah, and and that hasn't because, mattered when you play teams as JV squads. You know, right? Well, when your two best players are. In their first playoff run, not only that, but they're what twenty four or twenty five and twenty two. That's those guys that will never get to the finals in year one, in the playoffs. Never. I don't care if you have Chris Paul on that team, you will not get to the finals because your two best players, and yes, your two best players, are in their first playoff run. Chris Paul is their third. DeAndre Ayton has been great. Now again injuries but he's he is their second best player Devin Booker can get them really far right because he is a hell of a talent but they will they won't DeAndre Ayton will take them over the top and we talked about this before the playoffs started that was their x factor it's like when we talk about Jokic and Jamal right Jokic can get them to a certain point but it's Jamal that's going to get them over the top same thing with Phoenix Devin Booker will get them there because he is that damn good. 
but DeAndre Ayton will take them over the top. And and the reason why we picked against Phoenix in the first round, and I picked them, I I, I said that if they get to a game seven and with if they screw around and and allow Denver to take them to a game seven, that Denver would beat them is, is because I didn't trust them being in their first playoff run to win that type of game. Hmm. It's been easy for them. So what happens when it does get hard? What happens when all of that pressure is put on Devin Booker and DeAndre? Because they've had no pressure. None. Zero. There's been zero pressure on those two. It's been easy. So what happens when pressure is put on them? If it is Milwaukee and Phoenix, I do think Milwaukee will win. Because I think they're more battle tested. They've been in game even in even in these playoffs. They've been in game sevens. They've had to play tough teams, even with the injuries for Brooklyn. They've had to play KD healthy, by the way. So they've they've gone through it, right? They even last year in the bubble in the bubble, they lost to Miami. This year they come back, even though Miami was a very different team. They had to kind of fight those demons. Giannis has been better. Middleton's been really good. So I I think that if it, which I, I think both of us can agree, I think it will be Milwaukee and Phoenix in the finals. I do think Milwaukee wins that series because I don't think Phoenix has been tested, and I don't think they will be tested. Mm. Well, I think when it comes to Phoenix specifically, I think two things can be true at the same time. They're a really, really good basketball team with a really really good number one but they also got the most fortunate bounce in bracket history that i've ever seen yep. uh lebron and ad not 100 percent. ad can't finish the series the nuggets are without their second best player um and then their their fourth best scorer and you know pj dozier who's one of the first guys off the bench who plays a critical role for them not only handling the ball on the bench unit when, you know, Monte's not in, um, but defensively. I mean, he's a versatile player who can guard one through four um, in small lineups. So I don't want it to be a slight, but that's just true. And, And I go back to when I was on the Suns podcast with those guys too. Nobody gave me any back talk or, or pushback when I said if Denver was healthy, they would be coming out of the West or coming out of this series. Nobody disagreed with me there. You can go go look at all the, the picks, I'm sure, when it was before LA Phoenix, before we knew the extent of LeBron and AD's injuries. How many people picked Phoenix? So I think, like again, there can be two things that are true. Phoenix is a great basketball team who I think will be here next year, um, you know, in the playoffs and be in the thick of things. But... They did get fortunate, and just like a lot of these teams, Milwaukee got fortunate too, you know. Uh, you know, Philly didn't, but I mean, there's so many injuries that have really derailed things, um, and it's shaken up this playoffs. And that's just what it is. If we're gonna call the bubble a fluke, we need to call this a fluke as well yeah, because this, it's not a normal season. Yeah, this this doesn't this doesn't normally happen. You know, people are are pointing out, well, there's always injuries in the playoffs. Yeah, but not to this level. Not to the superstars. Not to the all-star players. There's a record amount of all-star players that were hurt in the playoffs that did not play. Record amount. Yeah. 
Think about that. And that was just the 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 All Star game was what four months ago. That's it? Well, when you look back at all the playoffs, like, the biggest injuries, I mean, obviously Golden State was, was ravished, you know, the, the or ravaged the, the year before, right, before the bubble. But outside of that, who was the other, was there any other stars that got injured besides Clay and KD? N- not that I can think of. Uh, you know, I know Kawhi got hurt when he was with San Antonio, uh, Zaza Pachulia stepping underneath his ankle. Right. Um, but outside of that, I mean, I can't think of a time to where it was, uh, the best player in the world, uh, right. another top five player, Kawhi Leonard, uh, Jamal Murray, who's a top 20 yeah, player. Look, and everyone will say, well, Chris Paul, you know, the, with Houston and Bubba and, and the Clippers even. But here, here's the thing with Chris Paul. He's always hurt. He always misses the conference finals for some reason. So why are we, you know, come on. It, that's not That's not a good example because he's always hurt. It doesn't matter. He can never get there healthy. Mm-hmm. Well, he still just, played though, right? I mean, he still he hasn't missed uh, outside yeah, of the COVID protocols. He hasn't missed a game due to the shoulder injury that he experienced. Right. right. So it is what it is, you know. But it, again, if we're gonna call the bubble a fluke for it not being the same as a regular season, how can you call a condensed season not an asterisk season as well? Um, and you know what's crazy about this is this would be three straight seasons, by the way. Yeah. Where the finals winner won. Off of, you know, fluky situation. Yeah, like weird situation. The Raptors beat the Warriors because the Warriors weren't healthy. Nobody doubts that if the Warriors were healthy, that 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 might not even go five. If they just <laughs> if they had play, they would have won. Yeah, I mean, it probably goes seven, six or seven. But if all those guys are healthy, no way it goes five. It, no. You know, I, I mean, mean, we can call the bubbles for what it is. But, I mean, even if even if the Lakers, you know, didn't win the, Lakers, the bubble, at the end of the day, the end they of the probably day, still would have been there. Yeah, the, the Lakers were the best team. Yeah, so they probably would have still been there. Now, the rest came at a great time for those guys. But, I mean, they probably still would have been there. Right. And, and then you have this year to where it's, I mean, we could have an Atlanta-Phoenix finals. Like that's that's where we're at. We could have a yeah. Milwaukee. Fee. I'm sure the NBA execs are loving this. They were probably praying, please, Clippers, make it. Just represent one big market, please. But we could have middle midtown finals is what this is probably gonna be. So, which I think at the end of the day, it is good for the league. Yes, but 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 it. But not it's like good this. To that right? these teams are there, but not like not under these circumstances, and that's what's so frustrating. Mm-hmm. Because if everyone was healthy and these teams still got there, that's amazing for this league. But unfortunately, even us who we are fans of a small to mid market team, we're also calling it fluky. So if we're calling it fluky. Imagine what the national media is going to say right. and, uh, and the rest of the players around the league. It is, if, if we feel like it's fluky, most of the world is going to feel like it too. Yeah. No doubt. No doubt. Um, especially if there's more, if, especially if there's more injuries, by the way. Yeah. I want to get to the jazz and, and, and Philly, the two number one seats, uh, both knocked out. 
Uh, well, I guess, well, Brooklyn was the one seed, right? Um, no, so, I don't know. Uh, was it Philly? Philly was one. Okay, yeah. So, so yeah, both one seeds. Again, going back to what we talked about <laughs> throughout, these, throughout the season, the one seed doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. The last well, time, no, I'll say, I'll say this though: if the Brooklyn Nets would have, would have, if if they didn't screw around at the end of the season and let the one seed go, they'd be in the conference finals right now and have a chance to get James Harden and Kyrie back healthy. They screwed around. They let Philly take it. They rested their guys. They didn't care. But in the East, the one through four, or the uh, the one eight and the four five, were was an easy path. But still, that, Philly that should was have still won, and they lost. So, again, while right. it's good to have the one seed, that doesn't tell you everything you need to know. I think they said it on inside the NBA last night. The last time the two number one seeds both made it out um, of the the brackets was, I think like the 94 finals when Kenny won with Houston, I think it was something like that. Like it's been Houston and Orlando. It's been a while, a long time. And you have Utah who one of the best records. They're all all so hot. And I get it. They didn't have Mike Conley and all that stuff too, um, which injuries, but still, I mean, they still should have beat the Clippers. But again, without Kawhi. (laughs) Yes, Absolutely. The, the problem is that when your second best player is so limited off, uh, offensively, the other teams in the playoffs in a seven-game series can find ways to attack that. And it's the same thing with both of those teams, right? The second best player on each of those teams are very limited offensively. And that's the problem. The Utah Jazz will go nowhere if Gobert is their second best player. Philly will go nowhere if Ben Simmons is their second best player. They can each be the third best player on a championship team. Right? I don't because know if Ben they Simmons do, can. They they well look, I think Ben Simmons can be like that Jason Kidd type of role, right? Where on that on the on the Dallas team that won the championship, he was like the, he was probably their third or fourth best player. Um he needs to be in that type of role where there's other scorers around him. But Philly doesn't have, like, you can't count on Tobias Harris to be there every night as their second best offensive player. You can't. And they haven't been able to the last three years. Mm-hmm. Um, that's been proven. Seth, Seth is, is a great shooter, but he's not, he's not Steph, right? He can't do those things. He's undersized, so he's limited offensively. You don't have someone that's going to consistently be there every night Mm -hmm. and impact the game in some ways. Look, as much as we give crap to, as as much as I give crap to Paul George and as much as you give crap to Chris Middleton, right? They're the second best players on, on their team. But they show up almost every night. Once in a while, they'll put up a, a, a six of 29 or something, right? Every once in yeah. a while. But for the most part, even when they're putting up 6 of 29, they're still putting up 20 points and 7 rebounds, 5 assists. They are still there. And by the way, they play great defensively. But they find ways to score. They Oops. find ways to get to the free throw line, right? Because how do you get 28 points on only making 9 shots? Right. Well, you're making free throws. You're getting to the free throw line. You're not afraid to get to the free throw line. Gobert can't make free throws. 
Ben Simmons can't make free throws. Too afraid to go for a wide open dunk because he's afraid of getting fouled. Yeah. You cannot have someone like that being your second best player. You can't. Well, I'll say this. I think with those guys, Paul George, Chris Middleton, yes, they'll have the nights like you mentioned where it's like a, a bad volume night where the the stat sheet looks just terrible. Right. But it's the threat that they can score. Right. Like right. Paul George may be shooting 7 of 21, but it's the threat of he's probably going to make the next one. Mm-hmm. Uh, with Gobert, you know, he he's limited. But I don't I don't view him the same as Ben Simmons necessarily. I think Ben Simmons is just a liability at this point. Yeah. I think he's a great defender. Obviously, we know he's a great, you know, facilitator and, you know, playmaker in that aspect. But when you cause your team to be a offensively it's four on five when they switch the other end of the court it's four on five teams don't have to worry about ben simmons like the only thing he was good at offensively is getting to the rack now he doesn't even want to do that now he doesn't even want to take that when he spun on gallo do you know who came and challenged him do you i don't all i know is he had a wide open dunk i don't remember who that was it was trey young trey young was the baseline defender who came at him faked at him and then was just gonna let him go he didn't even want to dunk it at that. So now he's just a liability. So it's the threat with Paul George and Chris Middleton. They may be having an off-shooting night. Jamal may be having an off-shooting night. But you know they'll probably hit the next one. At least with Gobert, he's not afraid to go to the basket. You know you can at least get a lob from him. You know you can at least get right. 14 to 16 points. With with Ben Simmons, he barely got like 5 and 7. And he doesn't even want to shoot the ball. And, you know, to me, he's been in this league, what, how long? Five, six years? Well, he's 24. I'm not even giving him that excuse. Like, he hasn't even gotten better. He has right. not. You can get progressively better. No one's saying that he needs well, to shoot well, 50% be from the field. Right. You don't need to shoot 50% from the field. You don't need to be a 38% free, you know, three-point shooter. But he shot 34% from the series from the free throw line. That is the worst in NBA history with guys uh, like Shaq who shot free throws at the playoffs. Here, here's Giannis's numbers, okay? From the from the three, he went from 16% to 25% to 27% to 30, back down 25 to 30 to 30. He has relatively gotten better Steady from three. From the free throw line, um... It's gone. It went up to down. Um, but so it, it went 74, 72, 77, 76. As he was shooting more and more, I think it got worse, um, which makes sense. To 73, down to 63% last season. This season, it went back up to 68. He got better. But he's at least hovering in that that frame, right? Of 70s. Right. And then we see the the market, you know, the, the marketable growth with Ben right. Simmons. There is no growth. And at a certain point, it's on the player. Like, you're just not doing whatever you need to do to get better. Whether it's not taking enough shots or you don't take it seriously enough. I mean, I think at this point, if I'm Ben Simmons, the best career move is to fully commit to being a power forward and working on my post game. That is it. Because as a point guard, you will not survive. Well, I don't, I don't, I don't understand how he, he can't shoot. Um, 
Because when when you look at his form, it, it looks fine. It's not like we've seen guys have a terrible form, and they can still shoot. Um, yeah, Kevin Martin I comes mean, to mind. <laughs> yeah, like even Kenyon Martin comes to mind. Marcus Camby. Um, the, I, I I it doesn't make sense. It, it really it's it's all mental. It's confidence. It's, it's literally all mental, and that is even more terrifying. Because if 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 he doesn't have the confidence at all mm. to go for a wide open dunk because he's afraid of possibly getting fouled, that's that's not something that will just go away. And I mean, and and his trade value is is just destroyed. Oh, absolutely. I, I don't, I, now, now I think people have brought it up. I think CJ McCollum is probably your best chance of getting somebody back if, if because I'm... Portland wants to blow it up. But then, does Portland want Ben Simmons? Well, I saw that's what I was gonna say. I saw these trades being thrown out on like first take today of tr- Stephen trade him to Portland for CJ, uh, trade him to Golden State for Draymond. I'm like, if I'm either of those teams and you offer me Ben Simmons for those guys, I'm saying no, absolutely not. You better give me more. Yeah. Why would I why would I trade CJ McCollum for Ben Simmons who while Portland does need defensive help that would make them significantly worse offensively. Again, unless he's going to commit to being a power forward and like a role player and not like my second guy, then okay, that's different. But if you're wanting me to take him on as my second guy, he can't you cannot win with Ben Simmons as your second guy. You you just can't. He's an all-world defender. Great a passer and playmaker, but there's no way you can win as with him as your second best player. Doc said that last night. They asked him, can he be a, a point guard on a championship team? And Doc said, I don't know that answer right now. That means no. If it's not yes, it means no, okay? Uh, when they asked Joel Embiid about it last night, he didn't directly point the finger at Ben Simmons and say his name, but he said, I thought we lost the game when we gave up an open dunk and didn't want to go to the free throw line. Who was he talking about? He's talking about Ben Simmons. So, I I mean, part of me feels bad for him, but at the same time, too, part of me feels like, and I forgot who said, I want to say it was Skip Bayless who said this, but I don't know. Um, it was one of the national guys that they had on, you know, on record or on source that Ben Simmons isn't, he's not a guy who really takes it super seriously to where he wants to grow and be better every year. And if that's true, that's showing each year in the playoffs when he's a continual liability. And if you're a Philly fan today, I mean, how do you feel like the trust, the process theoretically worked, but your best player misses 20 games a year, at least your second best player can't even score 10 points consistently. Uh, like you can't even score five points at that point. I'm just like, man, how do we maximize Joel Embiid's window? Because he maybe has two to three years at this level maybe given his injury history um i just don't and and doc river said today or yesterday that you know we know what we need to do with ben and how to approach this to get him better but it's like dude we've i feel like i've heard this year after year and he hasn't gotten better like i think the best thing for them to do is go to him and say you can't be our second best player accept a role next to Joel Embiid as the power forward Okay, just just be that front line player. Yeah, but you you got then you gotta find someone in free agency. Kyle Lowry because there's. 
I just I, I don't Mike Conley's a free agent. Chris yeah, Paul but is gonna I, be a free agent. I, I, I wouldn't take Mike Conley as, as my second best player. I just I wouldn't. Um, no, but I mean it's it's hard to get those guys. Like second best players just aren't floating on trades. Well, I know, and that's <laughs> you know? I think so. I think your only option is to trade Ben Simmons. If you could trade Ben Simmons for possibly a CJ McCollum, adding in draft picks to because look, here's the thing. Portland's gonna blow it up. They're gonna get rid of CJ. They're desperate for defense. They actually might take a look at Ben Simmons, but use Ben Simmons in a different way, like what you are saying. If Dame takes the point guard slot, right, you go out and maybe in a in a trade package, maybe you get Seth Curry along with Ben Simmons and 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 a, a couple first, right? It would have to be something like that. Like you'd have to give me either like Seth back or like Tobias or that might be too much, but I, that, that's, that's too much money. Um, I mean, you yeah, gotta give maybe, me something like Maxie. that because this guy well, is I, a liability like, offense. Well, I think I think Portland though is also in a, Portland. It was Portland's a very good offensive team to where I think they can even losing. By the way, even losing CJ, they can cover that up offensively. Um, I don't know. I think they're gonna have to undergo a massive identity well, yeah. change on offense because their offense is high screen and roll and Damian shoot the ball or pass it to CJ right. and make something happen with seven seconds on the shot clock. Well, well I, and I also think it's, it's hard when you have two small guards like that. Well, three. Well, I, I think I think out of all the teams, I think Ben, out of, at least for championship contenders, I think Ben Simmons fits Portland, I don't want to say the best, but one of the best. And, and it's funny because we talk about it, when I think about fit and immediately for Ben Simmons, you're gonna hate it, but I do think of Denver. Don't see. And don't and the and the mm-hmm. only the only this. reason la, la, the la, la, the la. <laughs> the only reason is because Denver has enough offensive weapons to cover him. And the way if Ben Simmons can work with Jokic on cutting and those type of things. Show Aaron I think, Gordon for. And in on the, I get it, I get it, but, but if you if if you were to tell me, okay, we got Ben Simmons. For? Well, that that's the thing, right? Is if if Ben Simmons trade value goes so far down to where they will take peanuts for him, he fits, because you can't get rid of any of your scores. That's the problem, right? Look, Denver needs defense. They they need more defensive help. They need more wing defensive help, right? Even even having Aaron Gordon. So I, I think that if you could if you could just plug and play Ben Simmons on the Nuggets, that would work. The problem is you would have to trade for Ben Simmons. And that's that's where it gets messy because then you have to. They would want us. They would want someone who can score because they're getting rid of Ben Simmons because he can't. So you need to give them someone who can score, and and that's the problem. They can't do that now. If there was in some way a three-way trade, to where Denver can kind of sneakily get around some, to where they don't have to get rid of a lot of their offensive weapons, then you can kind of slide in there and and, and grab Ben Simmons, right? Um, because he would fit with the team that they have now that's the but, but like i said the problem is they they don't have anyone to get rid of because they need all those guys to cover ben simmons weaknesses 
So I'd that's where so, so any team who trades for Ben Simmons, you have to be a high, high powered offense. Like best like if we could look find the top three offensive teams in the league or top five, those are the teams that should look at Ben Simmons who are also in the bottom half defensively. Like Brooklyn. Like Brooklyn. If you could plug in Ben Simmons with those three guys, that would be perfect. Um, I, I would no also assets, though. exactly Portland would also fit. I do think that Denver fits, but again, these Don't are all that. teams that these are all teams that wouldn't be able to give up anything that they have because they need what they have to cover for Ben Simmons. Okay, say theoretically you got Ben Simmons here. Are you starting him? I would I would put Ben at the one with Jamal. Oh, then I would put MPJ, Aaron Gordon, Nikola Jokic. And I would have Will come off the bench. I'm not even willing to trade Will Barton for Ben Simmons. That's how low Ben Simmons' trade value is for me. But when you talk about a guy who can switch one through five to defend, literally one through five. That's another, another massive lineup, by the way. <laughs> an, yeah, that's what I'm saying. But he can guard one uh, through five, right? He can stick to the quicker guards. He get, he He's a all-NBA. He was up for defensive player of the year. That's how good of a defender he is. But here's the other thing. It allows Jamal to get off ball a lot more. And Ben Simmons working with Nikola Jokic, I think, works. That pick and roll, I think, could work. Him cutting, him taking the dunker spot, right? You can put Gordon MPJ in the corners. You have Jamal and, 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 and Jokic run the pick and roll. Ben Simmons in the dunker spot. He can come up, set another screen, roll. And and the way Jokic runs that offense, he fits. And and then on the break, he's perfect. And the way the Nuggets run, it works. So that's what I'm saying. It works, but you can't give up anything because, like I said, you need Aaron Gordon in the corner. You need MPJ in that corner. You need Jamal and Jokic to be running the the pick and roll there because you need Ben Simmons at the at that dunker role, right? So that's the problem. Now, could you give up maybe Will? I see. I, I still would be uncomfortable getting up, giving up Will unless you go out and sign a free agent that kind of does what Will does, right? That's that's the only workaround I guess you can do. But then does Philly want Will Barton? You know who's an interesting option that's going to be a free agent? It's Spencer Dinwiddie. He's going to opt out. He's coming off yeah. the ACL. But when I saw that he plans on opting out, I was like, ooh. I'm back to Denver. I like, I like that. Yeah. Spencer is... Well, and, and he would be great next to Jamal. Yeah. But again, he's more oh. of a combo guard, not necessarily a point guard. Sure, but, but... but you but again, it's another ball handler that can push Jamal off ball a little bit more. So mm-hmm. I look, I, I I do think the idea of having Ben Simmons endeavor makes sense without trading anyone. Yeah. I, just, um, I just don't like it. But that's the example of where Ben Simmons would work because think about it. If Ben Simmons is in that starting lineup, think about that starting lineup. Ben Simmons is your fourth or fifth best player. That works. That works but, but really then you well. Have two guys in him and Aaron Gordon who just cannot hit a shot for their life. Well, but but you can Aaron Gordon can hit shots. Uh, okay, well then you trade Aaron Gordon for Ben Simmons. Uh, no, God no. No, not at all. Well, that's, but that's what I'm. So that's but that's what I'm saying is, 
you you do need Aaron Gordon on that lineup. I would like it, like you said, if you can add Ben Simmons without giving up anything, then sure. That, okay. That's what I'm saying. But, but if that, you have to give up something, I don't can. want to give up anyone for Ben Simmons. Well, but here's the thing. It'll be interesting to see what the trade value is when we get to that point. Well, because, Daryl because Moore is going to want, you know a sizable package because he, exactly. he's going to market him as an all-star, which he well, is. Exactly, but no one's going to give him that. No, but I mean, he is an all-star, but then again, it's kind of like one of those things where it's like, yeah, he's an all-star, but you know, right. I don't know. It'll be interesting know. to see what team is willing to take that shot and where that team is. Now, if it's a bottom feeder team, like Charlotte, because Charlotte seems to be that team that's like, hey, give me all the trash that you guys don't like. Um, this just flaming the Hornets for no reason. I mean, they're just, they're just that team. What did Charlotte do to you? God. Gordon Hay- Gordon Hayward. I mean, or OKC is another team where they're just I, like, anyone, please. If we're gonna go off ball with Jamal, I prefer the Lonzo route. If he's gonna be a free agent. Right. That's the route well, I prefer. Well, the, the Spencer Dinwiddie thing, him opting out changes things because I, I would take that number one just, over, over Lonzo. I just don't know if his injury is going to completely knock down his market value. What, would you would you take Lonzo or, or Dinwiddie? Oh, Dinwiddie. Well, because I, I think they're right around the same price, though. That yeah. That's the thing. I, I think they will be right around the same price. I think Lonzo's obviously the better, like, natural facilitator, but Dinwiddie's pretty, right. a pretty good playmaker. Dinwiddie's obviously the better scorer. I, I would take Dinwiddie. I would, too, but again, I'm just worried about what his price will be because Conley, but I don't know if you saw this the other day, Conley was talking about they want to get something done with MPJ sooner rather than later. Right. Aaron Gordon... He's got one more year left on his deal, but I saw on a, in a Denver Post article that you know maybe now is the best time to go to him because he kind of had a down playoffs. Maybe yeah. that kind of you know knocked down his market value. Maybe you get him at a cheaper deal now. The Nuggets are going to have a lot. Of, they're not going to have a lot of money to work with in this off season, um, and that that's also depending on what does Will do with well, his. Well, they have option. to be. They have to be willing to go into. Um, the tax, which Tim Connolly said that there weren't any financial restrictions, so take that for what it's worth. It, He's not going to say that there is, are. But. This is the year for them to take a shot. If they want to take a shot, and if they're willing at some point to take a shot, this is the year to do it. Um, even with Jamal's injury, because you're going to have whoever you take that shot on for two for at least two years. So you're going to have this year and the next year in the tax, right? use these next few years and if it doesn't work and they're not willing to stay in the tax then you can get out um if it doesn't work but i mean i i think if they go out and get someone like that it it will it will work yeah they need more shooting too even though they were one of the best three-point shooting teams this year by percentage i think which was kind of shocking to me because they mentioned it in one of the earlier playoff rounds i was like we really shot that well from three because it never felt like we shot that well but they need more shooters. I mean, they just – this has been an issue for decades, it feels like. Well, I, I think it's their depth with shooting because MPJ's shooting was ridiculous. Jokic was great. Where are you with Ball MPJ? Good. I know you have to go here soon, but where are you with MPJ? Like, what? what is your wh- – how are you feeling with MPJ right now? Because the taste in my mouth is still really sour. I'm actually still kind of angry at MPJ, to be honest with you. Well, look, I – like I said 
in the regular season when the, the those two months were going down, right? I I told you I that they need to put a lot of focus into building that offense around MPJ. They did not, and you saw what well, happened in the playoffs. I disagree. So, I thought they made. I thought they ran a lot of sets for him. It's just I think they, they ran more sets for him, but they didn't put the ball in his hands. And and the reason why is because he can't handle the ball. So. If if you want if this yes like you said this is the best time to give him a deal and I think you should. But if he does not come back next season, better. By better in playmaking and handling the ball. Then and if he doesn't show up in the playoffs again, mm-hmm. and we're it, it's the same guy and we're having the same issues a year from now, that's the time to do it. He's under contract. A team will take him, and they will give you a decent amount for him because he's young, and he he would be under contract. He'd have another three years. Well, he's so if, talent, right? You know, so if you if you have an look, there's going to be another disgruntled superstar. Let's say hypothetically, hypothetically, things don't go well in Portland with this rebuild for them, and Dame wants out officially then that's an opportunity to give Portland a 23-year-old kid with a ton of upside. What are you doing for with Jamal? Dame. You run the two guard. Look, Jamal is big enough to play the two. He's 6'4", six, 6'5". Six, he can play the two. I've been telling I've been saying this for 3 damn years. He should be at the two. So you're telling me Portland is going to take MPJ and assets for Damien without Jamal? You're going to – look, you're going to have to give up a lot of your younger guys, right, a lot of your depth, and and you're going to have to give up a lot of draft picks, right? It's going to be some, something similar to what Houston gave up. Or, I mean, sorry, um, Brooklyn gave up, right? Because Brooklyn – look, here's the thing. Brooklyn didn't give up Joe Harris. No. They didn't give. They didn't give up Spencer Dinwiddie. Well, they didn't really have. You they know what I mean? Karras, so, though. Yeah, which well, MPJ is. I would say is. I would rather have MPJ than Karis Levert. Oh sure. So. I think. I, I yes. I I do think that. Like you can't just say one for one. Obviously, you'd have to throw in probably four first rounders, and a couple other role players that you you have. Um, and a couple of, you, you might have to give up Zeke, maybe bowl bowl you throw in, um, you know, whatever you're going to have to throw in guys, but look, every year there's a disgruntled superstar. And if MPJ isn't Luka. showing the improvement fast enough, Giannis, if he's not showing the improvement fast enough, you have an opportunity. Now, could, could he go off and be James Harden? Like, oh, like. You know what happened to OKC? Yes, but but at least you're getting a Dame, you're getting a Giannis, you're getting a Luca, you're getting that type of player for a 23 year old kid who is mini KD, right? So, but I would I'm not doing it right now. I'm not doing it right now. And and by the way, there's no one out there right now, right? Bradley Beal, another another guy. Um, but next year I think. A year from now, or even by the All-Star break, by the way, I think there could be one or two players that will want out. One or two superstars that will want out. And Denver's in prime position. They have the assets. They haven't given up too much because they've built this team. 
They haven't they haven't done anything crazy. The Aaron Gordon trade was cheap. They haven't they haven't mortgaged their future draft picks. They haven't done anything like that yet. So out of all the teams in the league, they're in prime position to do something because they have Jokic and Jamal. And 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 Porter is at that perfect age. So I get I'll, I I would give him another year if he doesn't show up in the playoffs again. I would start looking, especially if a Damian Lillard, a Luka Doncic, a Giannis, all of a sudden comes available. I just don't know if he's enough to get any of those guys. But I, mean... I think I think he will because look, Jamal will be out for most of the year. If Porter comes out, look, the, the Michael Porter Jr. right now could walk out and average twenty-seven a game next season without getting better. If he does that. And just doesn't really show up in the playoffs. There's going to be a team with a disgruntled superstar that can say, well, he's 23 years old. He will get there. Mm-hmm. And that's the best that they would be able to get. There's four. I mean, I don't think there's another team out there that could give up someone like a Michael Porter Jr. That, by the way, Dame or one of those other superstars would want to go to because obviously they want out because they want to win a championship. Well, if they're if they have the opportunity to join a Jamal Murray and Nikola Jokic, then they're gonna want to. They're Denver's gonna be on that list, and if Denver's on that list, out of all the teams that are in position to win a championship, that's gonna be on that list. Denver has the most to offer with MPJ. Damon Jokic, closing two man game. Mm. Me likey, um, but. There's four glaring holes in MPJ's game that I think he has to he has to at least address two this offseason. It's it's unrealistic to think he'll clean up everything, but I'd say at least two is doable. I think the the number one most glaring is his ball handling. He he has to learn how to catch and get a stronger handle. Um, I mean there was points where he would he would drop the ball and it's at key moments like you you got to catch the ball. So that that's number one priority. Um, from there, it's it's defense, it's offensive, uh, you know, variety in his game because outside of dunking it and shooting a contested three, there's nothing there. There really isn't. Um, and then from there, his playmaking ability. So, I would like him to at least come back with an improved handle. And if he goes defense, okay, fine. But preferably, I'd want him to work on his handle to at least be respectable to where he's at least catching 80% of the passes that come his way and not fumbling the ball all the time, and then also getting variety in his game. Like, he can't get pushed off his spot by 6'4 Norm Powell. He can't, when he takes two dribbles in a post-up, uh, pick his pick up the dribble because he doesn't know what to do. I mean, he has he has one of the best players in the, in the world on his team that has great footwork. Learn from that. Uh, contact a Carmelo a James Harden to figure out how to work in the hell even work with Devin Booker. Uh, he's a mid-range assassin. Find a way to work with him in in the offseason uh to to get better in that area of the floor because outside it's not that he can't make those shots. It's just finding those shots and hunting those shots and being creative in how you get those shots. So, at least two of those he's got to come back fixed because I mean Ugh, it's just it's just so irritating because you see the talent is there. It's almost like with Jokic, right? You see the talent, it's there, but it's different issues. For Jokic, it's just you just have to want to do it. Okay? With MPJ, it's like you're great, 
but you just need to fix some things. Like, you're a great Corvette, but you got Jamal. a flat tire, uh, a tail light is out, um, there's a chip in your windshield, but once you clean those things up, boom, you're amazing looking. Jamal, so, Right. So it's just, there's things he's got to work on. And listen, at the end of the day, I have to center myself because it's like, we have three star potential players. One's a Hall of Famer, an MVP already. Jamal has a caliber, you know, has the potential to be an all-star caliber player every year. And MPJ, if he puts it all together, can be a top five player in this league someday. Not every team has that luxury. And we went through the dog days of Brian Shaw and what those years looked like. So I have to kind of take a step back from time to time to remind myself of what we do have. But it's irritating because you see the window there. And in the NBA specifically, windows can come and go very quickly. That OKC team, I'm sure they felt just as we did. And then they never got them back. They never won one. Uh, Those Portland teams with Brandon Roy, when they had Greg Oden, LaMarcus Aldridge, I'm sure they were like, man, we are set. Never got one. Um, so it goes quick and I just hope MPJ takes it serious. And I think he will. And I think he'll come back improved and better. Um, and I'm also really I glad. Think, I think, I think this is the, his last year to, to prove it for Denver though, because Denver's, I get it. He's young, but Denver's in their window. They, they can't screw around here. Sure. I agree. I think they, I think by the, I mean, listen, I think it would be a, it would have to be drastic for them to want to trade him at the deadline. It would have to be completely right, drastic. Right, right. Um, but, and it can't be a situation where he's like playing bad because obviously you won't be able to get much for him. But, uh, right. well, that's not true. You wouldn't be able to get as much as you can, but it would have to be drastic. Um, but I'm hoping he's back. Uh, lastly, before we go, I'm very excited that Nikola Jokic is um, <laughs> deciding to rest for the qualifying tournament for the Olympics. As much as I know he wants to play for Serbia, it's just very selfish of me as a Nuggets fan. Um, But if they make it, then that's a different story because he probably will play. So here's to hoping, and I know we have like one listener in Serbia. Hopefully you're not listening to this episode, but I hope you guys lose in the qualifying round. I hope you get completely obliterated and he doesn't have to play for you. I'm just being completely honest with you. Um, And I just hope he rests. I hope he plays with his horses all offseason, but doesn't eat very much. Okay, stay fit. I hope Jamal wraps himself in bubble wrap and, you know, does what he can with the ACL. Just let us enjoy this mediocre Bronco season and we'll get back to trying to win a championship here. That's my goal. So. Yeah, um, I was, I was like you, yeah, I was relieved when I saw the news. Yes. Um, I think, I think we're going to see a lot of, a lot of players opt out of the Olympics. I don't know. Damien's going to play. James Harden is a tentative yes. Kevin Durant is a yes, apparently. So Yeah, but... Devin Booker's I, a yes? Like, well, yeah, like, some of the... I just... I don't think LeBron will play. Um, no. I mean, why Why should he? Why would he? Uh, I don't I don't think Giannis... Well, Giannis might. Um, I don't know. I You'll see, like, I, I always say, you know, if... If... The U.S. team had the best players possible. That's way better than the Dream Team. And, I, and I've and i said this since the 2012 Olympics. Because the talent in the NBA is so ridiculous uh, in, in today's league. Like, if you gave me a list of the top 10 U.S. players, that's better than the Dream Team. Easily. 
but they just it, it, but I think so. All Hall of Famers. I, I well, yes, but I I well I yeah, and the the top ten U.S. players it's right now are will all be a Hall of Famers. Mm. Let's go down that list. Okay, well, LeBron obviously, Kevin obviously, James obviously, Damian probably not obviously, but yes, I think he'll be a Hall of Famer. Steph obviously, Jokic isn't a USA. Here, oh, I mean, we would have to look. I don't. I Kawhi. Don't Kawhi's a Hall of Famer. Yeah. Um. Here, top fifty. AD is AD a Hall of Famer? Yeah. Who are we missing here? Because because we're excluding like Luca and Jokic and Giannis. So those are three international guys. Um. I mean, what's the list after that? I mean, we're yeah, getting to is Devin Booker that. at that point? Is he? Devin Booker, top ten player, American-born player, um, right now, he might be. The way he's playing, yeah, I would say <laughs> he so. He might be. That too. I would say so. I, I think he's broken that. He his mid range really is man. insane. I I get the comparisons to Kobe. I do. I don't. Um, I mean, offensively, sure, but like he's I mean, not. He's not there. On. So LeBron, uh, Kawhi. Yes. Harden. Yes. Steph. Yes. KD. Yes. AD. Okay. Um, Embiid is not. Uh, let's see. Dame. Yes. Did uh, you say Steph? Yep. Chris Paul. Yeah, that's a Hall of Famer. But is he a top Bradley? 10 player? As far as U.S. players, I mean, I don't know. Like right I, now? Maybe. Maybe what Jason Tatum. Uh, is he a Hall of Famer, though? I think Jason Tatum will be a Hall of Famer by the time he's done. I mean, he's he's got that trajectory, but yeah, I don't know. Well, I mean, you look, you look you look at the the dream team. They had young guys that weren't Hall of Famers ready or they had, yet. They had Christian Leitner. That was it. Well, they had other young players. Well, what okay. I'm saying. Okay, fair, fair point. Um, um, that weren't that had the trajectory of getting there, but obviously they didn't know. I was just gonna say Paul George, Towns, Kyrie, um, Jamal Murray's on this list that he went. Donovan Mitchell, Devin Booker, then it gets down to Russell Westbrook, Chris Middleton, Drew Holiday, and and then Trey Young uh, would be on that team. God, the USA is just stacked. Um, Although Zion, the international Zion, basketball basketball is getting Zion, catching up. Zion's U.S. right? Yeah, Zion. How about, Zion how about would be that? On Zion, did you see that report? Zion like, would be your Leitner. Your yeah, just run him out there. Just against, run him the, out there and, against Argentina. Would, by the Go way, he would, be, he would he would be really good in in the Olympics. That's yeah. a good fit. Like he would he would crush guys. Yeah, well, yeah. But they play more physical. And Jalen Jalen Brown, John Morant. Like think about the young players in this league. Yeah. Like, but the international it's, it's, game is catching up, though. They're not there. Well, right. well and, and the, here's the thing: like almost every every like three players, I have to skip because they're international. Think about this: you've got, let's see, um, Giannis at mm. two. Uh, let's see, uh, Jokic, Luca, Embiid. Um, let's see, the next one would be Rudy Gobert. Uh, Bam would be U.S. right? Yeah. Bam. Um, and Simmons is international. And Jamal is international. Um, 
Aiton. Aiton. Uh, is Kyle Lowry? No. Um, let's see, Pascal Siakam. Uh, yeah. It drops. It drops. But the problem is for international is they're all on different teams. Right. Kristaps. Like, if they were all on one team, Vucevic, then it'd get Nurkic. It, it would get. It would get interesting. Uh, well, you know but what they should all, do for the All Star game next year? They should international do international versus, versus America. I was just gonna say I want to see that. I mean, they, they now, do that for they do that for the all rookie. Yeah, I mean, now you're at the point to where I mean Sabonis. You didn't even mention Sabonis. Sabonis. Um, Sabonis both, I was just on his name, Bogdanovich. Both of them. All the bitches. All the if you're Bogdanovich, you can shoot. It's you're just born into great shooting genes. Um, I, show me a Bogdanovich that can't shoot, yeah, and I'll yeah. show you a liar. This league is so stacked, it's ridiculous. Yeah. Well, the young talent I mean, is fun. I mean, DeAndre in on this list is at 74. Zach Levine is 75. I mean, come on. Like, I mean, there's really good players that wouldn't even make the cut. <laughs> like, yeah, like a Zach Levine. Yeah. I mean, it, they're, this league is it's really fun. Amazing. You can pretty much go through every team and, and point out. Serge Ibaka. Serge Ibaka, well, yeah. I mean, maybe young Serge Ibaka, but not well, after geez. back surgery, Serge Ibaka. Well, these guys are all in the 90s, so in this list. I mean, I'm just thinking of the guards, though. Like, think about the guards we have in this league. Like, Dante Murray. Devin, Mook, uh, Devin, Mooker, Devin Booker, uh, Jamal Murray, Donovan Mitchell. Those three are just, I mean, obviously Trey Young and, you know, but like the young guards, but like those are the three that at the top of my list, like Jamal, right. Donovan, and Devin. Like, you watch those guys, and you're just like, dude, these guys Well, you are... could even throw Jamal in there, too. Well, that's what I'm saying. Those three, Jamal, Donovan, and Devin, oh, that's, that's why right. I didn't, when I, didn't I put out that poll, I still don't know who I would choose yeah. because I think there's just recency bias because Jamal didn't play. And, like, yes, it was the bubble, but, I mean, you still got to make those shots against well, those even, teams. Well, <laughs> even a Jason Tatum is ridiculous. Jalen Brown is ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, this, yeah, it's... Yeah, this league is this league is stupid fun with talent. I mean, you can go through every team and pretty much every team. I mean, I guess uh, San Antonio. Do they have? I mean, I guess Murray is you know Dejounte Murray. Um, but obviously New Orleans has. Oh, that's what I was going to uh, Zion, the family members saying that they want out. Really? That, well, that you didn't see that report. There's no, I didn't see that. Reports that some of Zion's family members want him out of New Orleans. They're. It's they, not surprising. Yeah. Which, yeah, I don't think he'll finish his career there, but no. you know they fired Stan Van Gundy after one season, and yeah, it's like, they're gonna they're gonna totally screw that up. Oh sure, yeah, yeah, they 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 will screw that up. And then we get the dream pairing of Jokic and Zion, <laughs> Jamal, bowling ball, and with Luca, yeah, with Luca, 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 Giannis, and Jokic. Can't wait, guy can dream. Uh, all right. I like how, you know, every time you put a time frame on our podcast, we always know, completely go over. I know, and now my wife is going to yell at me, so thanks yep. for that. Yep. It's not me. You kept talking. You talked for most of this podcast, so blame yourself. So, You kept asking me questions. Well, you know, this is what happens when we get talking about basketball. Just, you know, one hour bleeds into almost two. Yeah. It's just Well, if I don't answer, you know, the rest of my life is gone dead. <laughs> If I, if I don't make that it made back no from sense. the honeymoon, 
<laughs> I don't I don't know what I just said, but yeah, you 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 know what I mean. Yeah. All, right. All right, that's gonna do it for us today. We appreciate you guys tuning in, um, listening, and all that jazz for Brandon Stoll on the other side. I'm Stephen Pritch Jr. This has been the Behind the Glass Sports Podcast. Oh, my God.